Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. What are you afraid of? When I ask that question, you might be thinking of spiders or snakes. There are some loose in here right now, by the way. What are you afraid of? Uh, I have two kids, a four-year-old and a three-year-old, and right now we're in the phase of being afraid of the dark. And so we have nightlights in their rooms and in the hallways and in the bathrooms and downstairs. Like you could land an airplane in my house because of all the nightlights that are in my house at night. But what are you afraid of? When I was a kid, I remember watching this show that I probably shouldn't have watched for the age that I was when I watched it. We all did that, right? Um, Do you remember the show Unsolved Mysteries? Some of you are like watching it on Amazon right now, on like Amazon Prime, because it's there. Um, But it was a show, it was like true crime, because I know like true crime is like a thing that people are fascinated with right now. But this one, it was like, man, somebody did something bad and they're still out there, right? And so at the age of like seven or eight years old, I would stay up way too late and watch this show. And I had this very irrational kind of fear as a kid. I had this fear that as I'm watching this show, the person that they're talking about, okay, that's on the loose somewhere, is outside my door, okay? They're like at the window of my house watching me watch about them, and they're thinking, now he knows I'm going to get him. And that, that was my fear, like they're going to bust through and get me because I know now who he is. Like that was my crazy, irrational fear. But as I get older, of course, like we, we learn to kind of decide what kind of fears are valid and which ones aren't, right? And, and we, we get older and we push ourselves to kind of not necessarily embrace those fears, push through them, right? Like, do you remember the first time you rode a roller coaster? Some of you might still be terrified of those. But the the first time you ride a roller coaster, there's that nervous tension where you're like, okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to get on, and then you go, and it's like the best thing ever. And you love roller coasters now, right? Or maybe it's like zipline. Have you ever been ziplining before? Like, that's incredible. But there's this nervousness, right? There's this, there's this fear as you're standing on the edge, and even though it's completely safe, right? Like, you're all harnessed in. You're, there's this nervousness. There's this fear that you are going to step out, and you don't know what's going to happen. But then you coast over forests or over a ravine or whatever, and you're like, man, that was incredible. Or what about jumping off a cliff? You guys ever done that? I did. It was a little small. It was a small cliff, but I did it. I mean, there's this no, no harness, right? It's complete fear. You're like, okay, I just watched 10 other people do this, but I'm going to jump off a cliff into a lake. This is weird, okay? And I did it. And it was like, man, that was incredible. I didn't do it again because I landed wrong, like, and it hurt really bad, like, really bad. So I didn't do it again. But it was an awesome thing. And it's like, now I know that I can. See, fear... Fear is a thing that that is meant to, like, protect us, but actually it kind of holds us back sometimes, right? It holds us back from fully experiencing something else. And sometimes we bring fear into our relationships, don't we? 
We have fear in our relationships with our kids sometimes because we're always wondering, are we doing a good enough job? I don't know who they're going with. I don't know. There's this fear of like, we're going to mess it up. Or there's this fear that they might be on the wrong path. Some of us have a fear that we're not valued at work with our coworkers or by our boss. We have this fear in our relationship that they don't see our full potential. And therefore, like there's this fear that this tension that always is going to exist in that relationship. Some of us have a fear with maybe our spouse or a significant person of trust in our life that we have invested so much into them and we've trusted so fully and we wonder, are they trusting me as much as I trust them? There's a fear that exists sometimes in our relationships. And I think sometimes what happens is this fear that we have with one another that we're trying to do life with, sometimes that fear carries over into our relationship with God. Or... Is it the other way around? That we might have some fear in our relationship with God, and that's what plays out in our relationship with others. I'm not sure which of those is right, but I do believe that my love for others has a direct correlation with my love for God. I believe that. I had a professor in college who was a missions, uh, he was on the mission field for sev- several years, many years. And he put it this way, and I've, it's always stuck with me. Your love for God will never be greater than your love for fellow man. That means that I can't say that I have love for this, for, for God, right? I can't say I love God so much when I actually have hate in my heart towards somebody else. I can't say that I I love God and I trust Him fully if there's people in my life that I'm like, I really would rather avoid them. See, there's a limiting factor there. Jesus said it this way, and John wrote it down for us. Love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, by what? By this love that you have for one another, by that kind of love, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's like Jesus is really trying to drive it home, right? Like he's, he's really saying, hey, you have to love one another. That's how everyone, everyone is going to know that you have a love for me. It's going to be how everyone knows that you are one of my disciples. It's going to be how everyone knows that you're a follower of me is how you love one another. So there's some kind of correlation between how we love each other and our love for God. John is the one that wrote that down of what Jesus said. And I think that's interesting because John often referred to himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. When you read his gospel account, he says that over and over again. And then later in life, when he starts writing letters to churches who are just in their infancy, he spends an entire letter, which we call 1 John, talking about this idea 
of having love for one another. And maybe because it was just ingrained in him. Like he heard it over and over and over again from Jesus. But look at this passage. It says this, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Here's what's interesting about this. Notice that at the beginning. I don't want to just breeze past this. No one has ever seen God. Just before this, John said, You can't say that you love God whom you haven't seen and not love your neighbors who you see every day. Again, that correlation that we have there. And by the way, just as a side note, if you are new to following Jesus or or this is like brand new to you, I'll just challenge you with something that was challenged to me once, and that's just to read the letter of 1 John like every day this week. I think it will radically shape your mindset of what it means to love others. I did that when I was a senior in high school. And it it changed. Something changed in me. Something clicked for me in a way that it never had before. John goes on to say this. God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and that he in us. And furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and we now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. There's this idea that as we love God, God loves us. We are in God. God is in us. If we have a relationship with Jesus, He has given His Spirit, by the way, to us. And it's not a mini version of His Spirit. It's not just a piece of His Spirit. It's not like, all right, here's the down payment. You'll get the rest later. It's like, no, no, no. You have the Spirit of God in you, a full expression of His love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. Is your brain like, wait, I can't keep it all straight. Some of you math people are trying to make this into an equation and it's not making sense. As we live in God, our love, get this, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be what? Afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence. Why? Because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear. What kind of love? He just said it. The kind of love that has confidence. The kind of love that lives like Jesus did in this world. That love for one another. That kind of love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. Now, we're going to have a moment. How many of you were expelled in school growing up? Like you, right here, he's like, how many times? No, we don't ask. We don't ask. Mo- nobody else did because we've got a bunch of goody goodies in this room, you know, the good kids. I was never expelled. But you understand there's a difference between being expelled and getting suspended. How many of you were suspended at some point? Oh, there's a lot more now. You understand the difference though, right? Suspension, like when it's sus- when you're suspended from school, it's like you get a three-day vacation at home for being bad. But you get to come back, right? When you're expelled, it's like goodbye. 
it's gone. This is what he's saying here. What? That perfect love that lives like Jesus in this world, that doesn't have fear, that perfect love expels all fear. It means it's not coming back. It's not just suspended for a couple days or for a week or for a month. It's gone. That's perfect love. That's the kind of love that I want to have in my life. Can we go back to that real quick? I just want to point out one more thing. So that love expels all fear. And if we are afraid, if there's any fear left in us, it is for fear of punishment. And what does that show? If that's the fear that we have... This shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Not yet. We haven't fully experienced yet. We love each other because he loved us first. And I just want to point something out about this. This idea that he loved us first. And this idea of fear. You have to go back, some of us. We're going to have to go back a little bit. And some of you are in this right now. Do you remember when you like, wanted to ask somebody out? Like you liked somebody not like somebody, you like like somebody. And there's a difference, right? Because you like like them, but you're kind of nervous. You actually aren't sure. There's this fear that you might put yourself out there, right? And say, hey, I like like you. And you're not sure if they're going to say the same thing, right? And you kind of get like nervous and your hands get all sweaty and you're like, I hope... I hope, of course, today um, you're probably just texting them, right? So I don't know if your hands get sweaty for that because then it makes it very difficult. But you're kind of like nervous, like, all right, do they like me too? Man, I hope they do. And you get, there's that fear that's in you. Like, what if, what if I put myself out there and they don't, they don't like me back? Do you understand what that verse said? He loved us first. Do you know how freeing that is? I mean, think about it for a second. When you put yourself out there and that fear that's in you, man, I hope they like me back. God is saying, listen, you never have to feel that way with me because I loved you first. That's cool. That's amazing. I mean, think about it. When you were like, hey, I kind of like like you. Do you like me? The person that you're saying that to... They might feel a little fear if you're creepy about it, but they don't have fear. Like, their only thing is, they, all they have to do in that moment is respond to that, right? The person asking us, like if we're the one asking, we, we're the ones that are all, have all that fear. That person is simply responding to this declaration. It's like God is saying, hey, I like like you. <laughs> Here I am. You don't have to have any fear with me. But we carry that into our relationships sometimes, right? Because, we're, man, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if they really trust me. I don't, I don't know if I can really trust them. I don't know if when they said forever meant forever. I don't know if they're going to leave. There's all these kinds of moments like that in our life. Paul was a follower of Jesus and... Um, he wrote this amazing letter that I, I love so much to the church at Corinth, and we call it Second Corinthians, and this is what he said. He said, Christ's love controls us. Some versions might say compels us, pushes us. Since we believe, if we're a follower of Jesus, since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life, that old way of thinking, that old self 
He died for everyone. Why? So that those who will receive his new life, that's those who are followers of Jesus, and we receive that new life, we will no longer live for ourselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. That makes sense, right? Like God gave himself for us, so now it's not about us anymore. We're not living for ourselves. We're now living for him. So, I love this. We have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. When that love is becoming perfected in us, we're not going to start evaluating each other from a human point of view because our mind changes to be more like his. And now we're going to try to see each other the way that God sees them. And at one time, get this, at one time, we, you and I, followers of Jesus, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. And how differently we know him now. And I think sometimes in my life, I still view God or Jesus from this human point of view. And I wonder if I can really trust him. Does he really see my value? Is he ever going to leave me? See, that's from a human point of view. But how differently we know him now. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. That old life is gone. A new life has begun. I don't want to put God in this human point of view. I don't want the fear that I feel in my relationships with other people to carry into my relationship with God. And I don't, want, I don't want my relationship with God to have fear in it that will then carry into my relationships with other people. Because we are called to a more perfect love. We thought of him from a human point of view. But now it's different. It changes. So maybe you have a fear of being abandoned, right? Maybe in a relationship with somebody else. But guess what? God will never abandon you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Maybe... You have a fear that you aren't valued, that someone doesn't see your potential. Did you know that God is intimately acquainted with all of your ways and he has set you aside for a very specific purpose? He sees your value. Maybe you feel like you're all alone and you have this fear that you're just going to be all alone. Did you know that God knows every single sparrow that flies around, Jesus said? He knows every hair that's on your head. You're never going to be alone. He pursues orphans and widows. He looks for the cast out. Whatever fear we have in us, that's, that's from us. It's not from him. And the more we are perfected in his love, the more freeing that is. Look at this verse one more time. Such love, that love that lives like Jesus in this world, has no fear. Because perfect love expels our fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment. That shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And we love each other because he first loved us. What would that look like in your relationship with your spouse? To not have that fear 
What would it look like in your relationships with your coworkers or your boss, your teachers or professors at school? What would it look like if you had a fearless love with those that you encounter? What if we loved each other with this perfect love, the same way that Jesus loved us without fear? In just a moment, we're going to have the opportunity to kind of respond to God with a song that I hope is our anthem this week. That this fear that holds us back when we're standing on the edge of a zip line or a cliff or whatever it might be, this fear that we have that holds us back from what's on the other side of what God has promised us, that it would be expelled and we would fully experience his love and know him for who he is. Will you pray with me? God, I don't want to walk around with fear in my relationship with you or fear in my love for you. And I certainly don't want that fear Hold me back from what you have for me. God, some of us in this room, we have a fear. We have a fear in our relationship that we're pursuing with somebody else. We have fears in our relationship with you. We have fears in relationship with your people. To take that step, to do life with one another, to go deeper in our relationships. We might be fearful that we can't be forgiven, but you forgive. So God, today, help us to lay that fear aside. Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.